Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to the penultimate edition of WGR's Fast Track. Yes, that means our next-to-last edition of WGR's Fast Track here for the 2016 season. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Brayton, Brayton, come on, man. Come on. The checkered flag drop. I, I watch NASCAR, and I got it mixed up. I apologize. I, I'm just teasing. I, I should have known. That was my mistake. I, I usually would never correct uh, a sports update on the air like that because I've been in your shoes, and I know what it's like, and it's, sometimes you just... One slips by you, but come on, man. For this show, you had to get it right. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Brayton. Good to have you with us back here this morning. Uh, phone lines are open here, 803-0551, It is our next-to-last edition of WGR's Fast Track here for the 2016 season. We will have our thrilling season finale next Sunday. Hopefully, live from Watkins Glen International, we'll be on site for the IndyCar race. Uh, speaking of IndyCar, good finish last night in the IndyCar race at Texas. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But a uh, great show lineup here for our final uh, in-studio in show. Coming up on today's program in about uh, 10, 11 minutes, we'll talk to Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com about all things NASCAR. Of course, the NASCAR Spring Cup Series is in the Irish Hills of Michigan today for the Pure Michigan 400. And we will have live coverage here on WGR starting at 1 p.m., courtesy of our friends at the Motor Racing Network. Green flag just after 2 o'clock this afternoon. As the regular season for the Spring Cup Series winding down, just two more races after today before the chase begins. You've got today at Michigan, you've got the Southern 500 next weekend at Darlington, and then, of course, the regular season finale at Richmond before we go into the chase. Three races to go there. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour will be getting as close to Buffalo as it gets these days, and that is the Oswego Speedway. They'll be there uh, one week from yesterday as part of the classic weekend at the Oswego Speedway for a 150-lap event. And Justin Bonsignor, who picked up the win last night on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at the Riverhead Raceway in Long Island, uh, he will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about his win last night. Very convenient that he just happened to win a race the day before we have him on the air. Plus, uh, we'll get his thoughts as uh, the series heads to Oswego for the first time, and I believe it was 27 years is when we had Danny, Danny Kapazinski on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as they returned for the first time since the uh, late 19, uh, early 90s, late 80s uh, for the NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour at the Oswego Speedway, part of a huge Labor Day weekend of racing. If uh, you love short track racing or if you just love racing in general, there's a lot of big events coming up next weekend uh, around the area and also on the big stages. 
Again, phone lines open here, 803-0551-888-552-550. You can also send us a tweet. Tweet us at FastTrack550. We're also on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. And uh, yesterday was a great day, either if you went to your local track or if you stayed home and watched racing on the couch. You got a lot of uh, some good shows yesterday, uh, including the stuff on TV. You had... Yesterday, at the same, pretty much at the same time, the NASCAR truck in Xfinity Series races, uh, pretty much coming to the end, almost at the same time, uh, there was a rain delay in Michigan where the trucks were racing that pushed back the start of that race. So it was kind of going head to head with the Xfinity Series race at Road America yesterday, and both of those races came right down to the wire. In the Xfinity Series, Michael McDowell got the win, uh, driving for Richard Childress Racing. Uh, holding off uh, his teammate for the day, Brendan Gaughan, giving RCR a 1-2 finish. And McDowell, of course, drives the uh, 95 car in the Sprint Cup Series, but he is also a uh, one of the one of those road course aces. And whenever the Xfinity Series goes to a road course, McDowell always seems to land himself a pretty good ride. And he got the two-car yesterday for Richard Childress Racing and uh, picked up the win over Brendan Gaughan. Uh, Brendan Poole finished third. Daniel Suarez, Ryan Reed rounded out the top five. Ryan Priest, who we had on the show here a couple weeks ago, he finished 11th. At the same time in the truck series, that came down to the final lap, and Brett Moffitt picked up his first career truck series win. He went around the outside three wide of William Byron Byron and uh, Timothy Peters on the final lap going into turn one at Michigan, sailed around them, and then held on to pick up his first career truck series win for Red Horse Racing. His teammate, Timothy Peters, finishing in second. Daniel Hemrick third, uh, Byron, and then Cameron Haley rounding out the top five of Michigan. So both of those races pretty much ended at the same time. And then in the nightcap, you have the IndyCar Series, who was finishing their race at Texas. Uh, the race started back in June, but they had a rain delay about 74 laps in, and they uh, had to go back and finish. They had to figure out when they could finish it, and they could run it until yesterday. So they restarted the race Last night on about lap 75, James Hinchcliffe dominated. He uh, was the leader before the rains came and dominated the race in, in total, leading 188 of the 248 laps. Unfortunately for Hinchcliffe, uh, Hinch did not lead the most important lap. And that, of course, is the last one because on that very last lap, Graham Rahal went from about third to first. On that final lap, he went around Tony Kanaan and then darted underneath Hinch going into turn three, and as they came through the trioval, it was Rahal going to the line first by eight one thousandths of a second. A photo finish, the uh, eighth, or excuse me, the fifth closest finish in IndyCar history, and the closest finish uh, in the IndyCar Series history at the Texas Motor Speedway. As Rahal got his first win since last year at Mid Ohio, Hinchcliffe getting a career best second. And then it was Kanan third. Simon Pagano, the points leader, finishing fourth. And Castro Neves rounding out the top five. And then you had uh, Charlie Kimball, Carlos Munoz, Will Power, Juan Pablo Montoya, and Sebastian Bourdais rounding out the top ten. And the fourth place run by Pagano, huge for Pag- uh, for his points lead, as with two races to go, including next weekend at Watkins Glen, he has, I believe it's a 28-point lead over Will Power. And uh, there was some talk there that... After uh, last week's race um, for the IndyCar Series, they were running last week, and uh, Pagano uh, crashed out of the race, and Will Power wound up winning the race last week, uh, that maybe things were going to be tightening up here over the last three, we- three weeks of the season. But luckily for Pagano, uh, he outran Power last night 
at Texas in the conclusion of that race at Pocono last week. I was trying to remember where they were racing last week. It was Pocono. Uh, Pagano crashed out. Power won the race at Pocono last week, so he tightened the gap a little bit, but Pagano uh, extended his points lead once again to 28 over Power um, with just two races left uh, in the IndyCar season. So that'll make things a, a little more interesting. Interesting, obviously, going into uh, next weekend at Watkins Glen. Uh, I believe I read that was something like seven or nine drivers are still mathematically uh, in contention for the series championship. Even though you go from first place Pagano back to third place Canaan, a 113-point gap, you'd think that'd be insurmountable. But, um, of course, I believe they do have the bonus points for the season finale at Sonoma. So uh, a lot of drivers still in it, but it is uh, really Pagano and Powers leading the way. As again, separated by 28 points, both drivers with four wins this season. Going into next weekend at Watkins Glen, we'll have more on the IndyCar Series, of course, next weekend. As I said, it'll be live from Watkins Glen International. Also, again, be sure to uh, enter the contest at WGR550.com. Uh, just click the contest tab, and you could win yourself a trip to Watkins Glen, or at least tickets for the race. Uh, a great, phenomenal prize package. Meet a driver, get some merch, uh, paddock passes, all that good stuff. Uh, enter at WGR550.com on the contest tab to win our IndyCar contest. And uh, maybe I'll see you at Watkins Glen next Sunday. Of course, again, the NASCAR circuit is in Michigan this weekend, as we set off the top at the uh, Michigan International Speedway for today's Pure Michigan 400. Joey Logano on the pole for today's race there. Logano already a winner this year at Michigan. Of course, Michigan, one of the tracks on the schedule here late in the season that are using the uh, lower downforce package. And that has apparently really been benefiting the Ford camp this year because in both of the races we've run so far this year, the one earlier this summer at Michigan and the one in Kentucky, both of those races won by the Penske Fords of Joey Logano at Michigan and Brad Keselowski at Kentucky. So the Fords have kind of figured out this lower downforce package, and it'll be Logano on the pole today. Jimmy Johnson will join him in row number one, then Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, who won last weekend at Bristol, uh, on Sunday afternoon, instead of the Bristol night race last weekend, Harvick got the win. He'll roll off fourth. Row three, it'll be the uh, the, the future stars over at Hendrick Motorsports, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, who will be filling in for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, this weekend. And uh, we already know that Jr. will be out next weekend at Darlington as well, too. We got that word this week. Jeff Gordon will be back behind the wheel of the 88 car uh, at Darlington next weekend. But it is Alex Bowman uh, today in the uh, 88, and he will roll off six. Ryan Blaney and Jamie McMurray, two guys that are in desperate need of a win here late in the season. If uh, they want to cling to any Chase hopes, we'll, we'll talk. Or actually, Chase uh, McMurray uh, is in the chase, but he is trying to hang on. He would love to get a win to kind of sure up those Chase hopes, but uh, still needs a good finish to remain in Chase contention. Carl Edwards, Ryan Newman, round out your top 10 starters. Uh, you've got Kyle Larson starting 12th today. Matt Kenseth, Martin Truex in row 7. Tony Stewart rolls off 15th. Kyle Busch 16th. Keselowski, uh, of course, the Michigan native, always a, a big race for him. He starts 18th today. Kurt Busch rolls off 19th, and uh, that'll do it for some of the notable names in the field. But uh, the uh, lower downforce package has benefited the Fords, as I said, with the Penske car sweeping both races. And uh, we'll see if Joey Logano or Brad Keselowski can earn another win for the Fords and slow down the dominance of the Toyota camp this year. And again, with, with three races to go, um, really, I don't think there's going to be much shakeup in the chase standings, though, for these next three weeks. When you take a look at the chase standings, uh, barring some some totally out-of-the-blue uh, surprise winners, I don't think the, the, the drivers that are in the chase right now, I think it's going to remain that way for the final three weeks of the season. And when you take a look at it, this 
kind of the this the Kurt uh, Chris Busher's uh, you know rain out win has kind of thrown a monkey wrench into some of the chase drama. Now that he has bumped himself into the thirtieth spot, and he's got a thirteen point buffer on David Reagan for for thirteenth and or thirtieth in the standings. I mean, short of him uh, having the wheels fall off maybe these last three weeks, I think he's going to wind up in the top 30 and, and therefore make his way into the chase. But that really kind of uh, took away some of the drama for the chase spots because that puts Ryan Newman on the bubble. He's 14th in the standings, and he is up 35 points on Trevor Bain. So, so for Newman really to, to just get into the chase on points really just kind of has to probably finish in the top 20 these next couple of races Um to, to make his way into the chase once again. And somehow Ryan Newman always manages to point his way in the chase in, in this new format. It's been pretty amazing what he's been able to do, but it looks like he's going to do it again. Had Busher uh, not won, or if he was on the outside of the top 30 points, that chase ball would be a lot more exciting because that would put Trevor Bain on the bubble, and he's got a four-point uh, lead over Kyle Larson and Casey Kane, who are tied right behind them. But instead, all three of those drivers are on the outside looking in, and it's Bain down by 35, and then Larson and Kane, they're both out by 39 points. And then you go back to A.J. Allmendinger, who is uh, doing some really bad mental math, about 57 points behind Newman right now. So really, Allmendinger needs a win at this point, and uh, all the guys behind him in the standings, guys like Ricky Stenhouse, Ryan Blaney, Greg Biffle, uh, Clint Boyer, all those guys, you know, they're not going to be able to point their way in again unless the wheels fall off for somebody like Ryan Newman here in these last three weeks. Um, so they're going to need a win. But I just don't see uh, in these next three races one of those guys that has not yet won this year uh, are going to be able to pull one off, uh, barring a major upset. I, I don't think they're going to do it today at Michigan. Um, I think Darlington or, or Richmond, I just think that the, the guys that have already won this year, the guys that are in chase contention, uh, are really just going to be able to take uh you know take these last three races and i really think your chase field is pretty much set the way it is with the uh, the guys up there in points plus stewart and busher who are in on their win plus their uh being in the top 30 in points you know i i think where our chase field is kind of locked for these last three races be interesting to see if anybody can shake it up but again uh, i i don't see it happening uh 8030551888552550 what do you think am i wrong here about this is is there somebody I'm missing that you think uh, can get a win here in these last couple of races that can uh, bump their way into the chase and uh, turn some head here? Uh, one name I didn't just mention a minute ago, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's been getting a little bit improved over the last couple of weeks. Again, he's driving a Ford. Could he use the advantage of the lower downforce package today at Michigan to maybe bump his way into the chase? We will find out again with three races to go. But with that, we're going to go to the AT&T hotline and bring in one of our favorites here on the program, Jordan Bianchi from SB Nation, joins us. Jordan, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you again. Pleasure as always. Look forward to talking about NASCAR this weekend. And as you said, we got a big three weeks here as the uh, chase for the uh, Sprint Cup field is starting to get settled. Yeah, I, as I was saying right before we had you on, Jordan, I don't know what you're thinking about this, but really I think our chase field is set. I don't see any names uh, changing on that chase grid over these next three weeks. Yeah, I think it largely is too, and I think there's only two guys that are really capable of you know racing their way in. They're gonna, if they're going to race their way in, they're going to have to do it on wins, as you talked about. I think Kyle Larson is one of them. I think this is a great weekend for him at Michigan. Good track for him. Had some really good runs the last few weeks. He has the speed. There's some questions about his patience a little bit, and they haven't executed the way they need to. And I like Ryan Blaney too. You talked about the Fords, and they're fast this weekend at Michigan. 
He is a Ford driver. He's basically driving a Team Penske car. He's been really fast as well. They have not finished races, though. There's some questions there about consistency. But both of those guys need to win their way in. Outside of those two guys, I don't think there's anyone that's really capable of doing it, you know, barring some kind of fluky finish like we saw a few weeks ago at Pocono. So I think the 16 drivers that are in right now are probably going to be the 16 racing for the championship. Yeah, you mentioned Blaney, and he got off to a great start this year. He was kind of up there with Chase Elliott early on, but... This this second half of the regular season has not been kind of the 21 team. Uh, we saw last week at Bristol they got caught up in a wreck, and uh, luck has just not been on their side here over the last couple of months. No, they've had speed. They've been really you know quick in every race. They're qualifying well. They're running in the top 10. The problem is they're just making mistakes. Ryan's making mistakes on the track. He's overdriving it. He did that at Kentucky, you know, and he took out Chase Elliott himself. You know, it's those kind of things that are just kind of added up, and you, and you put it all together. It's why he's 20th in points and why he's staring at a deficit now where you know, he's probably not going to make the chase field. He, he, that said, though, he's had a really outstanding year. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to criticize what he's done this year. Six top ten finishes and a fifth-place run earlier in the year at Kansas. So he's been competitive, but you know, it's the typical rookie up-and-down mm-hmm. experience. And with a little bit more of that experience, you can you know, ease those out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Ryan has done a phenomenal job. Just just things haven't gone his way, and, and maybe some uh, rookie mistakes mixed in there. Um, but still, yeah, great season. Great to see the Wood Brothers car uh, running up front at times this year. Um, what do you think, Jordan, would it be more likely that somehow Chris Chris Busher falls out of the top 30 and then kind of opens up a spot for whoever's that 15th in the standings? Uh, he's up 13 on Reagan here with three races to go. I know they're getting a lot more help from Roush Fenway right now. He had a good run at Bristol last week. But is that a possibility where somehow the wheels come off here for Busher and he falls out of that top 30? It's absolutely a possibility, and it's, uh, out of those scenarios you laid out, it's probably the most likely is if we're going to get somebody new in the top 16 because he's only 13 points up on Reagan. And there's three races here that are upcoming at Darlington, Richmond, and then, of course, today at Michigan that are pretty tough. Michigan with its high-speed test equipment, and it, we've seen reliability issues here before. Buescher was involved in a wreck here back in June involving Gale Earnhardt Jr., so things happen here at Michigan in a hurry. It's really easy to get knocked out of this race. Darlington is, you know, obviously it's one of the toughest racetracks on the schedule, and Richmond's a short track. Things happen there quickly as well. So Chris is going to have to be very conservative and very smart, and that's what he's doing. And, you know, surprisingly, he raced to a fifth-place finish last week, and that was really good for him on a lot of levels. It showed that he was capable of doing it, first of all. And secondly, it showed that his, his patience, his ability to execute with this pressure on him, mm. able to overcome that and not have any problems. So I like him. I think he's going to advance. But he certainly cannot stumble any of these next three races because if he does, that's going to open the door. Yeah, the guy is an Xfinity Series champion after all, so we know he can drive a race car. It's more about the equipment more than anything that has kept him down in the standings this year. But uh, he'll have to uh, keep his nose clean here for these uh, final three weeks. Well, we got today's race at Michigan, Jordan, and, and man, these cars are scary fast on this two-mile track, this lower downforce package, uh, 215, 218. It's uh, ridiculous some of the speeds we're seeing out of these cars this weekend. Yeah, the corner entry speeds always floor me. And I know, you know, the drivers really can't tell the difference between running 200 or 220. But, you know, as an observer, watching these guys go 218 in a corner is ridiculous. And it's just not something you're used to seeing in NASCAR because for a long time, two mile an hour was the cap. NASCAR mm. is very adamant about that. That, you know, at Daytona and Talladega, we're going to put restrictive plates on these cars. We're not going to let these cars exceed that, you know, you know 200 mile limit. And that's really not the case anymore. And obviously, Michigan's a little bit different than Daytona or Caldega, but the speeds are, are excessive, and things can happen here in a hurry. And then you factor in the fact that, you know, tires can be an issue. If you lose a tire or you lose an engine, crashes, you know, you can crash really hard here. If you don't you can testify. Um, things happen here in a hurry, and it's going to be hard on drivers and equipment this weekend. 
the lower downforce package obviously puts a lot more into the hands of the drivers. And we saw some some wrecked race cars earlier this year at Michigan. Uh, that could be, I think that's going to be something we're going to be watching today, Jordan, that um, maybe not so much mechanical failures, but just guys maybe losing the handle on these cars and spinning them out and, and possibly getting into the wall. That could be the, the biggest thing to watch today. That, that's exactly it. And, you know, restarts, especially when you have everybody pushed up and they're on cold tires and they're still not sure about the handling of their car, it's going to be really easy to lose control of it, and wrecks are going to happen. We saw it in June. We're going to see it again today, and that's the big thing. If this race can play out a little bit and everybody can kind of settle in, I think that'll kind of out a little bit. But restarts, and especially late in the race when everybody's working for positions, and the chase coming in of everything, absolutely. I think you're going to see a rash of multitude of, of you know, multi-car wrecks. And you know, go back to the Michigan race in June, seven accidents. That, that's a lot for a track like this. Jordan Bianchi joining us from SBNation.com here on WGR's Fast Track. Jordan, we got the word today on Dale Jr.'s immediate future, and that is no race today in Michigan, no race next week at Darlington. At what point do you think maybe Jr. in his camp just says, all right, let, let's pack it in for the year, let's just let him rest up until February so he's 100% for Daytona? And I know there's you know sponsor commitments and everything with that 88 team, but let's just pack it in for the season and rest up for next year. Do you think that becomes an option here, especially once we get into the chase? I think it's an option. I don't think it's an option that Ernard's going to choose simply because he wants to be back in the car. He's a race car driver, and to get back and not be in that race car, it hurts him. It physically, you know, emotionally hurts him. And, you know, it's his job. He wants to be there with those guys. And if he is healthy enough to race, he's going to be in the car. And to wait until next year... I think you need to be in the car personally because you have to. You have, there's going to be some getting acclimated again. There's going to be you know, shaking off the cobwebs, getting used to everything, and you don't want to go into Daytona. And I know you're going to have the off season and everything, and you can do some testing and everything else. But you don't want to go into Daytona rusty. You don't want to go into the Daytona with some doubts about your your health and mm-hmm. you can do this or not. Your reflexes, everything else. You want to get those questions settled now. If he has the option to get in the car, I think he's certainly going to do it. When that is, we don't know. I mean, you know it. It's a big question mark right now. The fact that you know it's a concussion and these things are going to take some time, and especially that this is his third concussion in four years, absolutely. Uh, it's there is no rush to get him back, but there are starting to be some questions now about when that return date will be. Yeah, it's it's not like a broken leg or a, a sprained ankle. There's no, it's not easy to put a timetable on a concussion because. We don't know the severity of it. You know, every brain works differently, so we'll, we'll never. It's hard to pinpoint when he could come back. Uh, but this today is a great opportunity for a young guy like Alex Bowman. Uh, he got kind of gypped out of a ride going into this year, but now he's got a second start in this '88, and really, this is just a big audition for him for Hendrick Motorsports or any other team that might need a driver for next year. And you nailed it. You know, this is an audition for him. He doesn't have a ride. He's a part-time driver in the Xfinity Series. This is his only second start in the Cup Series this year. He needs to do well, and he's had a great weekend so far. Fast in practice, qualified a career best six. You know, he has an opportunity to get his first top ten finish this weekend. And when he was in the car in New Hampshire, he did really well, too, running in the top ten before he had a tire failure, which put him in the wall. So if he's looking for opportunities for next year, trying to build that resume, this is a good way to do it. Goes out, has a good race, stays out of trouble, leaves with a top ten finish. That's a good thing for him, and I think Junior Motorsports and Hendrick Motorsports are going to know that and going to recognize that. And there's going to be some opportunities down the road for him. You know, Junior Motorsports doesn't completely have its driver lineup settled for next year. They still have to fill in races on their fourth car. Alex Bowman would be a great candidate for that. So it's up to him to take advantage of this opportunity. We've seen young drivers in the past, Jamie McMurray, for example, and he stepped in for Sterling Marling in 2002. Yeah one and only his second start. So this is an opportunity for a young driver to, to make his case of why he deserves a chance in a big team. 
Uh, last thing, Jordan, before we let you go, of course, next week in the Southern 500, and once again, they're doing that you know throwback promotion with old school logos. Every car in the field pretty much is going to have some kind of special paint scheme for the race. Uh, you know, just every, and every a lot of teams getting behind this promotion once again. Uh, Richard Schiller's racing is is just knocking it out of the park for a second year in a row with what they're doing with this. Uh, out of all the paint schemes you've been seeing, what has been uh, your favorite throwback scheme for next weekend's race at Darlington? I love the Tony Stewart Coca Cola Bobby Allison tribute scheme. I think that is fantastic. It's bright, it's vibrant, it's sharp, and it's a historic scheme. And I like the fact when companies do different things to pay tribute to the roots in the sport. And Coca Cola is certainly doing that. And the Southern 500 weekend overall is one of the best weekends of the year. It's a great weekend to be a fan, to appreciate the history of the sport, because this, this sport is rich in, in its past, and it's a great way to celebrate. And the Southern 500 back on Labor Day weekend for the second year in a row, that's a great thing. And this is just a, it's, it's really a magical weekend. Very good. Jordan Bianchi, you can follow him on Twitter, Jordan underscore Bianchi, and again on SBNation.com. Jordan, thanks, al- thanks as always for the time. Enjoy the race today, and we'll talk again soon. Look forward to it. Thank you, Dave. All right, Jordan Bianchi again from SBNation.com. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track, we've got a link on there, actually. You can see all of the retro paint schemes for next week's race at Darlington. Uh, a couple of my favorites real quick here. Uh, I love Kevin Harvick's uh, Bush Beer uh, retro paint scheme that looks like Kale Yarborough. Uh, the Tide Ride is back. Uh, the folks at Joe Gibbs Racing and Matt Kenza, they're going to have the Tide colors on the 20 car, and it's you know reminiscent of... Daryl Waltrip and Ricky Craven and Ricky Rudd, and they've got all the all, brought back all the Tide drivers for this little promotional campaign. It's been a really neat story, and just great to see Tide back in the sport because they've been out of the sport for almost a decade now. Uh, also, Hooters is back. I don't know if you saw this this week, but Greg Biffle is going to have a Hooters paint scheme, and it's uh, very reminiscent of Alan Kowicki's paint scheme when he won the championship back in '92. And then uh, a personal favorite of mine is Jamie McMurray, who's of course sponsored by McDonald's. So they've got the Mac Tonight paint scheme, which is a tribute to Bill Elliott, when, uh, one of his pe- special paint schemes when he drove the McDonald's car back in the 1990s. Uh, Bill, my, one of my favorite drivers growing up, so I, I had that die cast. So I think that's a really neat one, too. So uh, you can check those out on our Facebook page. When we come back here on Fast Track, we'll talk to NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour driver Justin Bonsignor as he heads the Oswego Speedway this weekend for the series' first visit in almost 30 years. That's coming up next year on Fast Track on WGR. Eleven thirty-four here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track Formula One back in action after their uh, month-long summer vacation. The Grand Prix of Belgium at Spa this morning in the books, and it was another win for Nico Rosberg and his Mercedes team. He topped the podium. Daniel Ricciardo finishing second for Team Red Bull. And Lewis Hamilton, who had to start dead last on the field because of an engine. Uh, they had an engine change that uh, was not approved or beyond the uh, allowed engine changes during the season. He had to start last and came all the way back to finish third to round out the podium as uh, the F1 boys get back in action uh, this morning there at uh, Belgium. Uh, next weekend, of course, we'll be at Watkins Glen for the IndyCar race, but there's also a, another race not too far from us, and that is the, the Camping World Truck Series. They'll be north of the border uh, up at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, Mosport, for uh, their, I believe, third or fourth visit 
uh, up there to the road course at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. And, you know, as we say, anytime you put NASCAR on a road course, it's always pretty exciting. So uh, if you don't want to head to the Glen next weekend, you can also uh, check out the action uh, at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park uh, for the uh, Camping World Truck Series. Um, Stuart Friesen, we've talked about a lot here on the show. He did some more testing with the truck this week. I believe he was at New Hampshire this week testing the truck. I believe it's going to be his next start uh, coming up later this month. Uh, with the Camp World Truck Series at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudoun. Let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in the winner from last night's NASCAR Wheeland Modified Tour race at the Riverhead Raceway. Justin Bonsignor joins us on the line. Justin, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning, and congratulations on the big win. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure, and yeah, it just happened to work out that we won the night before, so that's perfect. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm sure my words of encouragement when we were setting up this interview, I'm sure that's all you needed to win the race yesterday, right? That's all it was, but <laughs> so maybe we could do that every week. <laughs> well, of course, let's start with that. Last night's race, Riverhead Raceway, of course, uh, kind of a home track for you. Just tell us about the race last night and uh, beating the Solomito boys to get the win. Yeah, Riverhead's my home track. I uh, don't really get to race there too much anymore, just when the tour comes to town, so... Uh, Definitely takes away a little bit of the home track knowledge, but uh, we had a really good car. We unloaded off the truck really good and uh, missed a touch in time trials, ended up seventh. Um, ran around the top, you know, right around the top five for a good chunk of the first 50, 60 laps, and uh, we actually had one good restart from sixth on the outside and got down to the bottom, and then a couple guys got wide in front of us, was able to get the second real quick, and then from there uh, was able to get Timmy on, a, on a, one of the restarts just before halfway on the outside, and from there, just uh, you know, set my own pace and tried to hold them both of those guys off, which is no easy task, especially at Riverhead. And fortunately, we were able to come home with the win. Yeah, real quick, just can you describe Riverhead Raceway? I've never seen it in person. I think I've seen it on TV, but it's what like a, a quarter mile bullring. It's almost like a, a pure circle, right? Um, it's not really a circle. Um, it's just real tight. It's a quarter mile, but probably in the groove is is smaller than as fast a fifth, I would say. Mm-hmm. Running around there, just about twelve seconds. And uh, it is really narrow, really tight, uh, really, really aggressive race, and it's uh, it's not your prototypical quarter mile track. It's definitely uh, it's definitely tight, but that's uh, you know it's part of it, and you know it's cool to have the different diversity on our schedule, and it's cool to be able to race at Riverhead, that's for sure. And a big win for you, not only just for your season, uh, your tenth career win on the on the series, and your one hundredth career start, but obviously a big night for you in the point standings too. You've got five races to go, and you're only thirteen back of Doug Kobe. Uh, that was a huge night for you in the point standings as well. Yeah, definitely, we've had our fair share of uh, of bad luck, and um, you know, obviously, you don't ever wish any bad luck on anybody. But you know, he was caught up in a couple late ra- late race wrecks last night, and. We were able to gain back what we lost at Bristol with our wreck the week before. So, uh, you know, it's it's turning into who's going to have the uh, least amount of mistakes. And, uh, you know, we're within striking distance with five races left and uh, a couple new races on the schedule. So, you know, we're excited to, to keep this going. We've had a lot of speed, uh, you know, all season, but particularly the last month or so, we've been, you know, really, really fast every time we go to the racetrack. And our confidence level as a whole team is really up right now. And, I'm just excited every week to get back to uh, to the next race, that's for sure. Well, your next race is uh, at a much larger racetrack compared to the Riverhead Raceway, and that is the Oswego Speedway, which is uh, not far from here in Buffalo, just about uh, two, two and a half hours away. Uh, and it's uh, a big 5.8 mile, so you'll be able to open it up next weekend. I'm sorry to remember, I don't think I've seen you run a modified race there in the past, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, what are you expecting uh, next weekend at Oswego? Um, not really too sure what to expect yet. You know, probably 95% of the field has never been there. Um, you know, nobody's really been there in a, in a tour 
tour type car with you know our motors and our tire compounds. So I think it'll be a pretty level playing field for everybody. I've watched a few videos on YouTube, some onboard cameras, just trying to pick up uh, you know a little bit of uh, a line of what to uh, expect when we get there. But um, you know you just have to adapt well and quick when you get to new racetracks. And you know typically my guys you know will come off the truck with a really good car, and at that point it'll be up to me to just you know pick up the different lifting points and throttle points and you know how to how to approach the racetrack. You know hopefully we can get behind maybe uh Mandy Hirschman or somebody like that because I'm sure those guys will be in the field so I'll try and see what little ins and outs they know of the place and I actually have a spotter filling in for me that's from the area with a lot of Oswego knowledge so that'll be uh you know a good advantage for us as well uh just from what you've seen what do you think is going to be the biggest part because Oswego's a big track but it's very flat and not a lot of grip uh what what have you uh, gleaned from just some of the videos you've watched and taking some notes for the race um, it it kind of reminds me a little bit of Stafford. Um, you know, we'll probably go there with a pretty similar package, I would think. Flat track, real real tough to pass, I, I assume. You know, just from watching the, the line you run is, you know, it's a very uh, kind of a defensive line, it seems, where it's not that easy to pass. I did read somewhere that potentially they were going to spray the groove with, uh, with treatment on the outside to maybe bring that in, but I don't know if that's for this race or not. So um, that wouldn't be a bad thing if that's the case, but... Uh, you know, we just, uh, you know, our series is a lot about track position. The field is so close on speeds every week, and, uh, you know, it'll be very crucial to qualify up towards the front and, you know, just stay up there all night. We'll have a pit stop in this race, so that'll that'll be cool to so let our guys, uh, you know, hopefully gain us some spots on pit road. But I, I think a lot of it will be track position, and then just down at the end of the race, who's got the best forward drive. And it'll be it'll be a live pit stop, or is it more of like a halfway break? I hadn't seen uh, it yet. I believe it's a live pit stop. Okay. Usually, uh, usually at those races, we do have live pit stops. It should be a three-tire change. Um, it's, it's the norm for us. So uh, it'll be cool to have fancy live pit stops and everything, and it should be a fun time. Justin Bonson, you are joining us from the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Uh, just in the the series, the the NASCAR series over over the last I don't know decade or so, it it started out you know running kind of all over the Northeast. It, it came out this way towards Western and Central New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, now it, it's more of a, a New England series. You know, obviously Stafford and Thompson kind of the home base, but you got you know Manadnock and Seacon and some of those tracks also in New England. Would you like to see? Uh, not thinking dollars and cents, but as just as a race car driver, of course. Uh, would you like to see the the series spread out once again a little more and, and come more this way towards our direction a little more often? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we uh, we have a really good schedule. It's it's in this economy. It is nice for a lot of the teams to stay local. Sure. Uh, as a as a driver, yeah, of course, we'd love to have more races on our schedule. Um, you know, I think we could get upwards of you know twenty, maybe twenty one races would be a good schedule for for us get uh, our series. And it would be nice to go out, you know, to Western New York. There's a lot of uh, a lot of modifieds out that way, and you know, we got guys like Emerling and and Trekkie Hospital. They really don't run with us anymore just because it's such a far trip for them every week and. You know, I think it might bring some people back to the tour. And like I said, there's a lot of fans out there that really enjoy modified racing. So instead of them just seeing the ROC races um, and that being their only option aside from weekly stuff, it would be uh, you know cool to get the NASCAR series back out there and you know build that fan base back up in Western New York because it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of diehards out there. Justin, how much do you uh, know? Obviously, never been there, never raced there, but being a part of of Classic Weekend here, it, it's a big weekend for the Super Modifieds up there in Oswego. Uh, do you guys realize ju- just part of what you're going to be next weekend, being involved with the Classic Weekend up there? Um, honestly, no, I've I've never been up to to Oswego, so I don't really know the whole, you know, prestige behind it. I, you know, I know a little bit about it, but uh, I didn't know it was 
you know, as big of a deal as, as it really is. So uh, it's pretty cool to be up there. Um, I'm hoping we get to uh, watch some of the Super Modified guys. Um, one of my buddies, Ryan Silk, from the tours, and we run, and I think Santos is as well. Yeah. Um, I, I had thoughts of maybe sticking around for Sunday to watch the Classic, but uh, not sure of that yet. But, uh, you know, from everything I'm, I'm reading, it's definitely a big deal to be a part of, and it's cool that we'll be there on the same weekend as them. If you uh, had the chance, would you jump behind the wheel of a Super Modified if one was offered to you? Without a doubt, I would <laughs> give it a shot. Like I said, uh, Ronnie Silk drove one last year for Ray Graham, and he said he had a blast. And, uh, you know, I would definitely – I'd like to try it. Something on the bucket list for sure. Well, Justin, uh, again, congratulations on the big win last night at Riverhead. Good luck uh, this Saturday night at Oswego. Uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to run into you. I should be there. I'll be up there uh, checking out the race. And thanks for the time this morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on, and hopefully we can see you up there at the track next week. All right. Justin Bonsignor from the NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour, and they will be – at Oswego Speedway uh, next Saturday night, along with the Isma Super Modifieds. Uh, even if you can't make it for the, the Classic 200 on Sunday, uh, just to go up there Saturday for uh, NASCAR Modifieds and, and Winged Isma Super Modifieds, that is, that is quite the show in it itself. So uh, you be sure to check that out. Uh, that's right now my schedule, at least. I'll be at Oswego on Saturday and then uh, at the Glen on Sunday. But uh, definitely looking forward to seeing the uh, NASCAR Modified Tour, which don't get a chance to see very often, and also the Winged Isma Super Modifieds, which are the the, the coolest. It's it's one of the coolest shows in, in short track racing. If you've never seen that, I think uh, that 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 race is part of the reason why I got into to short track racing as a kid. Seeing those at Lancaster growing up, uh, are it's just a phenomenon. If you like dirt sprint cars, if you've never seen Winged Super Modifieds, it's it's sort of similar just with the wings but the, the smell of the methanol and watching those wings go flat out down the straightaways it is very cool so that should be a great show uh this saturday at oswego speedway speaking of local racing we come back we'll hit the local racing roundup lots of great racing this weekend in and around western new york and southern ontario and a big race tonight uh just across the border as well too we'll cover all that when we get back here on fast track on wgr let's find out who visited victory lane this weekend it's time for the local racing roundup on wgr's fast track and we'll start with the Friday night action at Lancaster National Dragway. Joe Masulo's been on a hot streak in top eight. He's made the final six weeks in a row, and he picked up his third win during that stretch on Friday night. Rick Sezik got the win in top ET. Clay Rickinson and Mott ET. Brian Babiak in sleds and bikes. Cody Winkowski got the win in street. His first win after making the final seven other times this season. He finally got the win light there at Lancaster on Friday. They also had special uh, semi-truck and dump truck races as part of a truck night theme. Uh, drag racing today at Lancaster. It gets going at 1 o'clock. Uh, their uh, Ironman Classic Race of Champions event, if you're looking for something to do this afternoon. Freedom Motorsports Park on Friday. Uh, it was Bill Holmes in the late models, Brad Rouse in the sportsman over Ray Bliss and Adam Leslie, Al Brewer in the street stocks, and Brad Shepard uh, getting the win in the mini stocks. Ransomville Speedway, Ryan Soucy, a huge win for him over Eric Rudolph and Jeff McGinnis as he takes the points lead going into this Friday night's uh, season points finale for the Modifies over Pete Bicknell. Chris Burek, second win of the year in the Sportsman. Billy Bleach in the Street Stocks. Chad Desso in the Four Cylinders. And Justin McKay in the Novice Sportsman this Friday night. Ransomville will crown their Sportsman and Modified Track champions, including a 50-lap uh, finale for the Modifieds at the Big R this Friday night. Saturday night action, Merrittville Speedway, Kyle Rothwell in the mini stocks, Dave Bailey, five in a row in the Hoosier stocks, it, or five wins in eight nights. No, that can't be right. Sorry, Fran, I don't understand your note there, but Dave Bailey got the win either way. Tyler Winger in the Mod Lights, 
Dave DePietro and the Novice Sportsman, Brad Rouse and the Sportsman, and Chad Brockman edged out Pete Bicknell for the win. Gary Lindbergh finishing third there in the 358 Modifieds. Wyoming County International Speedway last night. T.J. Potrabowski got the win in the SST Modifieds. Joe Horvatis in the Superstocks and Jason Pierce in the Four Cylinders Genesee Speedway. It was Bill Holmes' second win of the weekend in the Crate Late Models. Ray Bliss in the Sportsman over Kyle Inman and Brian Bellinger. John Zimmerman in the 360 Late Models. Byron DeWitt in the Street Stocks. Dante Mancuso in the Mini Stocks. And Cole Hicks getting another win in the Bandits. Holland Speedway last night. Twin Charger features. Rich Carnes and Tom Northam got to split those. Ben Russo again in the Hornets. Dave Wallaber another TQ Midget win. And then Bryce Norton in the Legends. Daryl Phillips in the Rookie Fours. Sheeran Hughes in the Figure Eights. Also last night, Lancaster Speedway. It was Jake Lyon getting his third win of the year in the Sportsman. It was Keith Flanagan getting his second win of the year in the Street Stocks. In the Super Stocks, uh, TJ Cochran got the victory, and Bobby Woke got his third win of the year in the Four Cylinders. And State Line Speedway last night, Max Blair in the Super Late Models over Doug Etch, uh, Eck and Dutch Davies. Daryl Bassard in the Crate Late Models. David Scott Slow Ride in the E-Mods. Justin Carlson in the Pro Mods. Dave Shagla Jr. in the Street Stocks. Jim Kibbe in the Sports Super Sportsman. And Andy Proper getting the win in the Super Challengers there at um, State Line Speedway in Busty, New York. Tonight, if you're looking for some action, it is the Pete Costco Memorial at the Humberstone Speedway. They've got the Dirt Car 358 Modified. So it's a regional event for the 358 Modified. Should be a good turnout. Uh, big money up for grabs. Plus all of the weekly divisions at Humberstone. So six divisions are racing tonight starting at 6.30 up there in uh, Port Colborne. Coming up this week... Uh, Labor Day weekend, as I said, uh, Oswego for the NASCAR Modifieds and the Isma Super Modifieds. Wyoming County's got their big Labor Day weekend. They've got a big sportsman race, SST Modified race on Saturday, and they've got a modified race on Sunday for uh, with their American Racer Series. And then Holland Speedway has uh, their big Labor Day event, uh, big money shows for the Chargers. Uh, they're bringing back the sportsmen, um, and then... Uh, the Hornet Division, too, also uh, ha has a big race coming up this uh, Saturday night at Holland. So uh, you got your pick of some great shows uh, coming up this weekend. And uh, Dirt Car Tracks, it's final points for Sportsman to Modified. So their track championships are going to be on the line at places like Ransomville and Merrittville. And uh, Humberstone next weekend, they'll have their points finales, uh, for Dirt Car points at least. Uh, so it should be a great weekend of racing. Hope you get a chance to check some of it. Hopefully some great weather. Um, to to close out or start to close out the season. We still got some big shows though coming up uh, throughout the month of September. That'll do it for us. Again, the NASCAR coverage starts at one o'clock this afternoon for the Michigan race. Green flag just after two o'clock. I don't think weather's going to be an issue. Um, unlike at Pocono uh, or Bristol last weekend, they have had some rain uh, on Friday or yesterday at Michigan, but uh, should be good with no rain delays today. And uh, hopefully they get that in. And we'll talk to you next Sunday again. Should be live from Watkins Glen, barring some technical difficulties. We'll be live from the Media Center at Watkins Glen. Hopefully we can get some really cool guests, uh, hoping to maybe get an IndyCar driver or two. We'll see. It's it's kind of hard. They've got their warm-up session. It ends at 11, so they might have you know debriefs and everything uh, during the hour we're on the air, but we'll, we'll work on it. Maybe if all fails, I'll try and record something. 
So hopefully we'll talk to you live from Watkins Glen next Sunday as we close out another season of Fast Track here on WGR. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the why. And visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.